Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Social Liability Podcast with your host, Raz and Buck. In this episode, we're going to tackle a very taboo subject that we may get in trouble for, we may not. You may love us, you may hate us. But we're going to talk about handicapped versus handicapable. And we're going to come at this from a couple different ways, but we're going to start with the most obvious with our resident handicapped person. <laughs> That's all you, Buck. So why don't you tell us about exactly what you're dealing with, because you are about as handicapped as they come. Yeah, um, you know, there. I definitely have a, a whole circle of challenges and a cornucopia of shit to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I have something called primary progressive multiple sclerosis. Um, it's a little bit different than the typical MS that you uh, that you that you would see. I'm definitely not in the posters, and you don't see me on the commercials because there's really nothing they can do for it. But that being the case, that doesn't mean I have to give up and roll over and die. And, uh, and that's kind of what I want to I, I hit home on, is that just because the world throws a, a, you know, a roadblock in front of you doesn't mean that it's the end of the road. It just means that you have to work a little bit harder and be a little bit more creative to overcome those things. And, uh, and that's, that's essentially what, what I think we're going to touch base on today. Well, I think one of the biggest problems people have after they receive a diagnosis such as yours is they usually spiral into the, the deepest depression you've ever seen in your life. And you are the most disgusting, happy, just irritating person I've ever met. I've I've been told this uh, on a multiple occasions that I am the most disgustingly optimistic person on the planet, even though that my situation really doesn't merit that from other people's perspective and the reason is because I didn't do anything to get this and nobody else did this to me this is it's just seriously like of of the seven and a half billion people that we share this planet with I drew that card and now it's my responsibility to play it and that's it I have to live my life regardless of of what of what comes about and a lot of people, they do sink into that deep, deep depression, and I'm not above that. I have my moments, and I definitely had had a, a, a really rough stint there. But what it boils down to is you just got to overcome it. You, you have to find that part of life that you can clutch and grab onto that makes things worth it. And that's how I succeed. That's how I do this on a day-to-day basis, you know. Um, it's, it's hard and it's, it's really frustrating at times and people don't make it any easier on me. Um, well, I don't, but, I don't, is it so much people don't make it easier on you? Is it the, the government regulations and red tape that are supposed to provide help that make it more difficult on you? Well, I mean, I mean, let's, let's face reality. You and I have more, have more, had more conversations about your reproductive organs than I care to admit but you have also had just as many conversations with me as it pertains to government agencies and trying to get a vehicle so that you, they can, you know, haul your cyborg butt around. Yes. And, you know, from the medical perspective, they're, they're really, like I said, there's not a lot, of do, lot to do. And from the government perspective, there should be a lot that I can do, but... Again, I'm going to have to go back to entitlement and people on that one because that system is broken because 
people broke it, you know, through through gross abuse of the system, through gross neglect of, of other people's circumstances. You know, my disability has a certain degree of challenges that I have to, on a daily basis, cope with and overcome, whether it be trying to get the eight feet from my bathroom door to the commode, you know, um, or, or whether it be trying to just enjoy a day out with my family. Like, these things, they're not anything more than just a challenge that needs to be overcome. Well, and just, just, with, to give, with, just to give people with, a quick perspective, you are confined to a wheelchair pretty much during your waking hours. Yeah. This yes, was I am. not always the case. Uh, I, You and I... You know, we've <laughs> we've ran together. Uh, it was a number of yeah. years ago, but you had a very very quick evolution of your disease. Very very quick, um, extreme. And it went from literally you had a stumble in a hallway one day to, hey, by the way, you got MS. And you, the, the 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 train of events that had happened are just staggering and i think a lot of people even people we have known for years don't really understand the degree of what what happened and what you went through and what you're still going through and i i can i can tell you in all honestly that uh i i don't know of anybody else who could have dealt with it the way you did and still continue to but at the same time we are so used as a society of we need to be we're entitled to this that and the other thing that you see somebody with a handicap placard, you don't even, you don't even bat an eyelash because, you know, 30% of the cars out there today have a handicap placard or a handicap tag. And, and on a daily basis, you see, you know, somebody pull up to Walmart with their little handicap placard in a pickup truck that's jacked up higher than the roof of my car, hop out and, and practically, you know, skip into the store. And you get this idea that everyone's faking nobody actually needs it and then on the rare occasions you see somebody that actually needs it you're so desensitized to it that you're kind of like who cares it, and you know what I mean that that is definitely something that that people fail to understand and and that's on both sides of the spectrum is that and we'll, we'll just use the handicap placard as an example you know, there are people who, for whatever reason, require that handicap spot, and it is not my it is not my job, nor is it my responsibility, to establish merit to somebody's claim on a on a parking spot. As as frustrating as it may be, sometimes, what at the end of the day. They've got all the credentials that they need in order to use that space so they can use it. Whether or not they procured those those privileges through the through honest means or whether or not they're milking it a little bit, that's that's unfortunate unfortunately just not anybody's they just can't gauge that. It's unfair. Um who who am I to say or look at another person with a handicap placard and say they're more handicapped than me or less handicapped than me. They should park in the back. It, it's frustrating, and it's there's just nothing we're going to be able to do about it. Me personally, I've got a chair. 
I've got a chair, and not only do I have a chair, I've got a chair with a motor on it. <laughs> I, if if I can drop my ramp, that's all I need. Like those those handicap spots, yes, they are uber convenient. But I've gone through situations in life where they're all taken up, every single one of them. I'll go to a to a uh, a supermarket or or a store or you know even to a, a theme park or an amusement park. And every single one of those spots is taken up by somebody else. And all I can do is just park wherever I can park and hope that I can drop my ramp and get out of my car. Um, other, uh, you know, people just, people have become lazy. And some people who have become lazy have learned to manipulate the system in order to be able to park in the front you know oh yeah me i mean absolutely there's i mean just think back and i know we we we've said this now in both the pilot and the first episode about our, our our where you and i met and that was in prison not as um residents but as hosts and yeah. <laughs> we saw that on a regular basis we'd have uh individuals that are sentenced to a work release program and oh i can't work why well i'm on disability you were just playing a pickup basketball game oh yeah but i have depression so i can't work and that unfortunately is in a lot of cases it may be that the person honest to god they have such a, a crippling disability that they can't work and that's you know for a reputable doctor to decide and to go through the process for that. But you have as if just as many, if not more people that are milking the system. And I think society as a whole has gotten to the point where you are either on one extreme or the other, where you think that, well, it's not my business, you know, and they, they can do whatever that they can convince somebody to let them do. And I'm not going to question it. Then there's other people that anytime they see anybody on any form of disability, they think it's a scam. And I, I'm going to, we, we, we discussed before the podcast, we're going to talk about uh, a couple of versions of disability, but I, I'm going to touch on the, the handicap placards right now. Uh, do you have a plate or a placard there, Buck? Uh, I actually have both. Um, I have a, a plate on my personal vehicle, and I have a placard that I can use with, you know, if, if somebody else were to uh, cart me around for some reason, I'd bring my manual wheelchair. I can use my placard in their vehicle. Well, in my vehicle right now, on the driver's side, in the visor, there is a handicap placard. It's not mine. It is my son's. My son has spina bifida. Now, if you would look at him right now, and I can guarantee you, without even getting out of my chair to go look, he's probably laying in his bed, practically on his head, with his feet on the wall, straight up in the air, playing with a Nintendo Switch. That's probably <laughs> this is the position I've seen him in lately. He can, you know, play with other children. He walks. He does everything. You would not know this this boy is handicapped unless you saw him run, because the boy can't run to save his life. <laughs> but there are definitely days where he has uh, problems due, due to just pain, uh, weakness, and just not being able to move like others do. So he is entitled to that uh, handicap placard. And we've only actually had to use it on a handful of occasions. I can I can count them on less than you know I can count them all on one hand. But nevertheless, we still have it for when the, there's a 
you know, a chance that he may need it. Now, you could argue that, well, any time that he's with you, you can use it. And I think that is just something morally we we don't need it. Leave that space for somebody like Buck that does. And Exactly. And it, we, you know, park wherever. Now, if he's having a bad day, yep, I'm going to take it. And the couple times we have taken it, I've gotten filthy looks from people. Uh, no one's said anything to me just yet, but we've gotten some filthy looks from people. And I, 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 I can see it now from both sides. Whereas I used to look at everybody and think, okay, that person's full of shit. And now I'm looking at it, it's like, you don't know what's wrong with my son. I don't need to walk around and show you the scars on his back from surgeries. I don't need to show you anything. It's it's not your business. But nevertheless, people are always going to think that because he doesn't look, quote-unquote, you know, handicapped. I, I agree with that assertion because I myself, using my own van, I have a handicapped van with a ramp and everything. I drive that car. I drive my own vehicle. I've had to do some Appalachian engineering in order to get the hang controls to work because, again, the government won't help me because of their own reasons. We'll touch base on that here in a minute. But I've had people give me dirty looks for parking in a handicapped spot. I actually had one person stand there and wait as if they were going to be the hammer of justice for all those who are handicapped themselves and wait, waited for me to get out of my car. And much to his chagrin, he had wasted a whole bunch of his time because after I stopped my car, I had to transfer into my wheelchair. I had to unbuckle it, which I do all on my own. You know, I can actually get in and out of my car without any assistance. I figured out how to do that. It's not easy. It wasn't easy. I had to be creative, but I, I do it because I want to experience the world. And that person, when they saw my ramp drop and they saw me get out of my car in my wheelchair, they just turned tail and and walked away. And I just kind of smirked. I was like, yep, I hope he comes over and says something because I don't look handicapped when I'm sitting anywhere else but in my wheelchair. I just don't. You know, if, if you were to see me sitting next to you in an airport and I would say wearing my leg bag because, again, I have to use a super pubic catheter. My bat, my bladder died. It's dead. So they had to put a, they had to give me a, a way to, to be able to pee. But if you couldn't see that, and I was just sitting next to you, you, you would not think for a moment that there were anything wrong with me. And people need to get that out of their heads. Just because somebody doesn't look handicapped doesn't mean that they are not. And that is that that is what people need to understand. That's why you cannot judge. If you start steamrolling people for parking in a handicapped spot because they don't look like they're handicapped, that's just that is evil. That is just evil. That makes everybody's life harder. And you're not allowed to do that. Period. And and I'm saying that to everybody who might listen. If you see someone in a handicapped spot, you are not allowed to judge. They have the credentials. Well, that, somebody they may with, not. Withologist they may not. They may not have the credentials. Now, I'm, I'm going to argue with you there because they may not have the credentials because there are so many counterfeit tags on the market. You get on Facebook Marketplace right now, Buck, and I could buy one and have it in my hand within two hours. Yeah, regardless. 
So I, I'm just. No, they don't. They still have. <laughs> they don't. Whether they bought they... them illegally or not. Whether they bought them illegally or not. I mean, you have a trained eye. You can identify those things. I can identify those things because I use them on a daily basis. But John Q. Public, John Q. Public does not have the the expertise or or the experience to make those assertions. You know, I, again, you know, it's it's like you said. You make a moral choice when your son is not with you or when he does not need it to not use that handicapped spot. I mean, Catherine, uh, Catherine and I, uh, who is my wife and my caregiver, and she does not mind me using her name. Um, she, she, she'll get dirty looks all the time dismounting from the car just to just to help me get prepared to get out she'll get dirty looks you know it's it's just people cannot there are so many other problems in the world that need constant attention handicapped spaces to me as a handicapped person are not one you know the world has presented enough challenges and it's my responsibility as somebody handicapped to realize that there's only so much that can be done in order to include me in the world. The rest of it has to be done by me, period. Whether it's right or wrong or whether it's indifferent, I have to make my own concessions. I have to stick my hand out and ask for help. I have to do things in order to be included in the world, and that's, that's with any disability not just not just a physical one you know mental disabilities um, you know like depression for instance you know we, we talk about that people who are just too depressed for, to work I I used to look at that as eh, kinda like the diet coke of disabilities you know oh well you're just depressed well then I realized you know other people they deal with things and stresses in, in a in a way that I'll never understand. You know, me personally, when I when I became disabled, when I when I was told your life is now going to be completely different and it's probably not going to be good. I looked at that situation and I said, "Well, that sucks. I guess I'm just going to have to figure out how to make it okay." And that's what I did. And that's why I'm such a positive person. You know, I just I learned how to take a bad situation and make it bearable. You know, yeah, kind of sucks that I'm disabled, but I'm also an inherently lazy person, and now I don't have to walk anywhere. You Fair know, enough. I don't have to walk at all. But, okay. You know, people We're... look at me and they're like, go to the front of the line. I'm like, ah, you go ahead. I brought my own chair. You know, it's 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 a trade-off. It really is. Okay. And that's what people need to grasp. Okay. So, we are going to talk about more than just uh, the, the apparent physical disabilities as like somebody in a wheelchair somebody with crutches and savvy but I want I don't want to get away from the um the, the handicap placards just yet because we've already said that it's already most difficult for somebody who has them everything um legitimately to access it because you yourself have said you have come up upon uh, a business of some kind and all the handicap spaces are taken don't you think it is partially the responsibility of society to 
identify people that are using them fraudulently so that the people that actually do need them, people that don't have the luxury of having a motorized chair and can park at the far end of the parking lot, so that those people that need those spaces so they can they can access you know, you know the world the, just the bloody world for a chair <laughs> you know the whole concept of well this person doesn't need it to go to the grocery store well, yeah they do some people enjoy going to the grocery store but if your entire life is being exactly. stuck in your damn house all day long and the, the 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 only maybe the only social interaction that person gets is going to the damn grocery store you know let them have it my point is if they can't access it because some jackass got on Craigslist and bought a fake handicap placard, don't you think it is society's responsibility to ferret out these sons of bitches and do something about them? In a way, I do, but it's so, so difficult to actually dis discern what is what is real and what is not. I mean, for instance, I've seen I've seen videos and I love them with people who are obviously, obviously milking the system, not handicapped at all. Maybe they're using their grandmother's handicap placard just to get their self a an easy spot at the store. This stuff happens all the time. It really does. And when they get caught, I've seen videos where they get they get schooled. They 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 they, they get schooled. And those few videos, I think the way that they circulate and, and people that see them, I think that does bring awareness in some way, shape, or form. But going out like a vigilante... I'm not saying... I am not advocating that whatsoever. You're trying to put words in my mouth on that one, son. I'm talking about society. Society, we as a whole, we, we pay our taxes so that we can have uh, law enforcement personnel on the streets on a daily basis. They need to check these tags you know just run the number real quick there's databases there's numbers on these tags and these placards for a reason just see if they're legitimate that's all you know you, you don't have to make contact with the person but if you see on the tag I... that it belongs to you know greta and greta's an 84 year old woman and you see a you know a 19 year old you know man jumping out of a car maybe that's that's reason to question now see i don't disagree with that and now that now that I understand exactly what you mean, perhaps we should change the vernacular and go from society to law enforcement, because those cops they can check those cat they they can check those, and that should be done. That that is a responsibility of 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 law enforcement, in my opinion. I I wouldn't say society. I and society would. We all, me, we all live with a societal contract. In that contract, we, we've all agreed that if we're going to live within this society, we're going to abide by certain rules. And the, and the enforcers of those rules are our, our district attorneys, our judges, our police department. And the, a lot of times, you know, they don't look at those matters as being important. So they don't, you know, go out there and actively do anything unless they receive a complaint. And I'm not saying that you need to get out there and complain and make phone calls about every damn handicap placard you see. No, I'm saying we need to have community policing efforts to make sure these things happen. I can agree with that. I can I can jump on that bandwagon now that I understand. Now that now that you kind of frame out exactly what you mean by society's responsibility, yes, yes, I agree with that. And it is it is quote unquote society's responsibility. It really is. 
because if you if you if you witness some gross act or abuse that's you know for instance with the handicap placards yeah you can report that and and if that's if that's as far as it goes i think that's a great idea you know i just i guess i kind of misunderstood your take on that and thought that you meant we should police it as as the people and that i that's why we have police you know um i think reports should be made i think i think you're right i i can definitely jump on the bandwagon of of community awareness and uh and you know making sure that you vet out vet out or ferret out those uh those fakers because again like you said not everybody has a luxury of being in a in a motorized chair like me um and it actually took me a long time to get this thing too. I I remember having to go through through the rigors of day to day life without it, um, you know. And and it's definitely a lot, a lot rougher of a road to travel, without without this convenience. So well, without yes. without with with you being able to invoke your Fifth Amendment privileges, what kind of stuff have you actually had to go through? What hoops have you had to go through in order to get your chair, get your placards, get your 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 van for that 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 matter? Uh, the, even even the place you live, what kind of hoops have you had to jump through to get that? Well, getting my van was. Uh... I got no other way of describing it other than a, a, a grand scale fuckaloo. It really was. I had to go and twist a lot of arms and make a lot of phone calls because one of the things that you go through upon becoming disabled is your credit goes to shit. So going ahead and trying to secure an auto loan for a vehicle, yeah, that's that's a wet dream. That that really that really really is. I mean, I had to I had to go through everything, but shameful begging in order to get that to happen but it finally did um, there are disability dealers and um, and places that exist that understand that you know my situation is only the way that it is because of my disability not because not because I, uh, I, I, I default on all my bills so I got really really lucky on that and uh, and I got my auto loan secured through the Assistive Technology Loan Fund Authority through the Commonwealth of Virginia, and I actually only have 5%, a 5% loan for my vehicle. Um, getting my chair, that that was all luck. I mean, I'm not even, even going to candy coat it. I've reached a point in my life where I was scooting around my home on an office chair, and I actually think that you... And uh, and your family witnessed me trying to do that, just surviving in my in my own little environment, just scooting around from room to room in an office chair, and propelling myself along the walls like Spider Man. And you know what? I was happy. I really was because I found a way to make it work, and I made it work. It wasn't easy, but when I moved to the Commonwealth of Virginia, I took my handicapped butt into the local department of social services and said in these words verbatim to the woman sitting behind the counter I looked at her and said I am the worst handicapped person on the planet I am very bad at this I know that there are that there are things available for for assistance and I don't know what they are can you help me please and she sat me down and helped me fill out all the forms and get all the I 
I's dotted and T's crossed, and eventually led me into you know my 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 power chair. Uh, it was a, it was a huge blessing and a stroke of really dumb luck that I just found somebody who really genuinely understood that I had no clue what I was doing, and uh, and that's how I got that. So, if I were to make a recommendation to anyone in in a in a handicapped position, whether it be a physical disability or a mental one. Run your butt into DSS, your Department of Social Services, for whatever state you live in, and I promise you, you will uncover some sort of benefit that you qualify for that will make your life easier, that you even you didn't even know existed, and that's a good first step. Is 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 getting that done? Well, there's. So that that's definitely something people need to be aware of, that there are services out there. A lot of people don't know about them by design. They're not actually advertised. You know, they, people don't go out of your way to say, hey, we, there's free money here from the government. You have to know where to look for it. And that's where organizations like that are definitely going to help. Now, you know, we've talked about the, the, the physical disability, the stuff that you outwardly see, such as, you know, somebody with a wheelchair. There's plenty of other disabilities out there, folks. Um let, let's take, for example, I'm going to throw myself into the car. We've been talking about Buck. Uh, let's talk about Raz. Uh, in school, I did atrociously. I really did. Now, it depended on the class. I had one teacher who was a history teacher, and the, the man was phenomenal. He was kind of like a squirrel in that he got sidetracked very easily and would start telling stories. Uh, but he was phenomenal, and I aced his class. Not because it was easy, but because he would spend the entire class lecturing, but in an entertaining way. The biggest problem I had was uh, spelling and writing and things of that nature. And it was very frustrating. Uh, I had very little support with that at home. Uh, and, and we could talk about the, uh, the, the the things that were not done correctly there. But let's talk about, you know, once we get out of high school. The ability to go to college initially was beyond me because I would not be able to uh, do anything because I could not essentially read. I couldn't read a book. I, I could read a page of something, and by the time I got to the end, I had no idea what I just read. I didn't remember the beginning. I didn't do anything. Uh, nevertheless, when I wrote formal reports, they were very spot on because I usually write them five or six times. But never, we're talking your the inability to essentially read. I, I was an, as an adult, I was not able to be functionally literate. I understood what words were. I could look at them. I could read them. But in school, for example, I dreaded, absolutely dreaded being called on to read out loud, like sick to your stomach did not want to read out loud. And, you know, the more research you do and, and to figure things out once you get older, I'm, you know, I might want to talk to a doctor about this. And I did. And a doctor says, it sure as hell sounds like you're dyslexic. Then I, the hurdle started because insurance companies will not pay to have someone tested for anything that could result in the diagnosis of a disability. So that's, that is the first hurdle you have to overcome. 
And once you finally do, and you talk to the right people, and you deal with phone calls and appointments and everything for over a year before they'll finally approve you to go get tested, you can sometimes get the diagnosis that you are dyslexic, have ADHD, and a memory disorder, and feel ecstatic about it because you feel vindicated that you weren't just, you know, stupid. There was something actually wrong. And having that piece of paper was actually one of the like happiest days I ever had because I could actually say I'm not a damn idiot. Uh, so then I had, I enrolled in college, and with with that I went through the disability office there, and that actually was not as painful as you would think. Uh, they had to learn what dyslexia was. Because everybody and their mother says, oh, I'm just having a dyslexic day. Or I'm just a little dyslexic. No, you're not. Shut the fuck up. Uh, you're not. You're not. No. I, I, nope. There's a big difference between I misread something or uh, I inverted a word or two to being dyslexic. And it's really hard without visual aid to, to demonstrate exactly what dyslexia is like. But imagine reading a simple document, you know, top to bottom. And... The document's about dogs, but you read it as being about um, you know, a, a, a dog and a cat or something of that nature. Just because words are not exactly... The whole thing reading backwards and, and stuff like that is complete bupkis. It's not exactly what it is. But by the time you get to the end, you actually can't answer two or three questions about the whole thing. Or if someone tells you a phone number you can't remember more than uh, three digits of it. it it's, a, it's a very complicated, and there's varying degrees. Mine is listed on the severe side. And, you know, the, the school, which I'm going to give them mad credit for, they tried like hell. Uh, it was more of a teaching curve for them. Now, I think the next person that goes in there with a diagnosis such as mine will have a much easier time. But my computers, uh, my iPad, my computer that I'm on now, my laptop, they all have adaptive software on there. Uh, if you looked at my laptop, you'd never be able to use it. I'm talking to you, Buck. <laughs> you'd never be able to use my laptop because the colors are all inverted different ways. The software is all dictation software for my writing, for my word processors. And there's software in there that actually reads stuff to me. Now, my schools, for example, they provided um, PDF textbooks. Now, a lot of uh, publishing companies, which I could go on and on about the how evil publishing companies are, especially of textbooks, uh, they were very resistant to provide those, but under the Americans with Disabilities Act, they didn't have much of a choice. And similar, to I you, love that ADA man. I love the ADA. And similar to you, uh, when I got my diagnosis, I was working, and I went to my boss and said, "Hey, this is what's going on." My boss was awesome about it. Absolutely awesome. Corporate, on the other hand, were douche canoes. Now I was working in a healthcare system. All of our computers had uh, Dragon Dictation on there because the doctors used it. Well, then they decided that, oh, we're going to do some shady stuff with some licensing and get our butts caught. So that they went through and, and took a lot of that stuff off the computers, and I had to put a request to get it put back on. And also leave you know, like Microsoft Office intact and not use uh, Office 365 for various reasons, That mostly because my Dictation software wouldn't work on it. And they fought me tooth and nail. I actually had to threaten to go get an attorney and, and file an ADA complaint against them 
uh, in order for them just to leave that damn software on my computer. And it, it shouldn't have had to been that way. I had all the documentation. And the funny thing is, it was a, the doctor that gave me the diagnosis was in that healthcare system. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know... <clears throat> you have People... resistance like crazy. And you have, exactly. to, you have to, unfortunately, swing the stick that you're given <laughs> every once in a while. You have to swing that stick. Well, that's why at the very beginning of this of this comedy monkey go round about disabilities, I started saying that people aren't going to make it any easier for you, and and this is and and society kind of ruined that by everybody and their brother using a disability of some sort, whether it's major or minor, in order to get something for free, and that's kind of not. The way things are supposed to be, you know, we we live in a country where we are afforded the opportunity to be able to go and get these accommodations. Whereas there are people who live in in places where if you can't walk, well, I hope somebody's nice enough to help you, because if not, you will sit there and you will suffer in silence until you until you expire. Oh, hell, let's just face reality. There's countries that are just going to put a bullet in you. You're done. Right. But, I mean, seriously. And, you know, that's that's why I try not to get butthurt about things that, that are so easy to fix but go without being solved. And it's a, it really is a trade-off. You know, I, I don't have any illusion that my life is supposed to be a certain way. My life will be what I make it. And what I cannot succeed in doing on my own, it is my responsibility to surround myself with people or to go out and 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 reach out and find ways to make that possible. You know, and, and people need, you know, like you said, you know, the people at your own job They've hired you. They 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 know that you have some salt about you. Why are they gonna Why are they gonna resist when you ask for a hand? You know that makes no sense. It's counterintuitive, but it still happens. You know people will resist, and I think it goes back to the fact that they really just don't get it. You know, well my life I can read this. Why can't you read this? Or I can walk up this flight of stairs. Why can't you? You know, or, you know, I can park anywhere in the parking lot. Why can't you? And to a degree, yeah, that, that is true, but there are extenuating circumstances that exist everywhere in the world and, and, and at any given time. And you have to be ready for those and you have to have your eyes open and realize that there are certain things that you just have to do for somebody else. You just have to whether it's parking a spot over or not you know it's just people need to people need to extend themselves to a degree and that's where you know that's where the balance comes in between handicapped and handicapable i worked all the way up until my doctor told me that i was a stupid idiot for trying to work more and that i better just stop and get disability that's when I stopped working. When somebody told me that I was going from crazy to reckless, that's when I stopped. Other people, 
they may not feel that way. Well, well, I got a disability. I'm going to go on disability. I'm going to quit my job and fire sale all my assets. You know, that's that's really not okay either. And people need to realize that there's there's a certain middle ground there. And I think that you know, asking for a reasonable accommodation at work is certainly okay. You know, everywhere I've worked with my disability, you know, if I get too hot, I'm like a wet noodle. I can't even move. You know what it's like selling cars in South Carolina and 95 degrees? Hell no, you don't. And I'm glad you don't because it's a bunch of crap. And if I didn't have people there that were willing to help me, that were willing to toe the line where I couldn't, would have failed. I would have fell on my face. And the only reason they helped me because they knew that I would go until I couldn't anymore. And if people would just get over themselves and their disability enough to realize all you got to do is ask for the help. Do what you can until you can't and let somebody just somebody around you will be there to help you. They they really will. All you have to do is turn your head and ask. And it'll it'll happen. You know, as far as the workplace and stuff like that are concerned, eh? You know, people people abuse those systems, and it's and it's terrible. It it really is. But I think society is actually getting better. Uh, I think if we had the same conversation fifteen years ago, it'd have been very different, uh, and maybe you wouldn't have been nearly as happy as you are now. But I think we've with I think the ADA is overreaching in some ways but in some ways it has to be because of people that really truly need the the services uh so i'm, I'm happy that it's there there's certain aspects and we may do an entire episode on service animals <laughs> uh, i think that's that's probably something just popped in my head but we should probably talk about that there buck but not right now um we'll leave we'll talk about your chihuahua later yeah she's sitting in my lap right now right on <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thank you for tuning in for episode two of the Social Liability Podcast. And right now we are available on Anchor, as that's Anchor FM, and you can find that on uh, your iOS and Android stores too for the app. We will soon be available on iTunes, Spotify, and other, other services such as that. But you can always listen to us on our YouTube channel. If you just search for the Mount Moon Crew, you will find uh, a series of podcasts that I take part in, as well as other members of the Mount Moon Crew with the uh, in regards to let's just say the untitled anime show and things of that nature but the social liability podcast is quickly becoming one of the highest ranking shows on the channel so we hope that you tune in for each and every episode and if you have any comments please leave them down there hit subscribe on the youtube channel hit notifications so we can get you uh notified every time we come up with a new episode we haven't come up with a schedule just yet but we are going to in the very near future and if you have any ideas for future episodes, leave them in the comment section because we definitely are going to be needing ideas because we can only complain about so many things for so long before people get bored of us. Pretty much. So Have a good one. Have a good one, folks. We'll see you on the next one.